Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Billy Embody. It's LSU Vanderbilt week as the Tigers are set to open SCC play on Saturday in Nashville at 11 a.m. Central on the SCC network. Uh, Chad Bishop of Vandy 24-7 will be along shortly to preview the game. But first, wanted to give you guys a quick reminder to subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast. Hit that rating and review button uh, for us and 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 leave us some kind words. We really appreciate it. You might see us shout you out on Twitter for it. Um, and with that, uh, we're going to go to our interview with Chad Bishop of Vandy 24-7 as we preview LSU and Vanderbilt on Saturday in Nashville. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And joining us now on the Go 24-7 podcast, the publisher of Vandy 24-7, Mr. Chad Bishop. Chad, what's going on? Thanks for the time on, on this Thursday. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Glad to uh, see the LSU Tigers coming to town. Yeah, it's uh, for you. I mean, you've already had Georgia uh, come in uh, to Nashville, and now you get LSU. Uh, let's start with that. I mean, it, they they traveling pretty well for these games, or is Nashville expecting another uh, big big outside crowd coming in? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The uh, for those who didn't get a chance to see the Vanderbilt Georgia game, uh, I believe that was at the same time as the LSU Georgia Southern game. Shout out to my alma mater, even though they uh, were were pretty poor that game against the Tigers. But anyway, yeah, probably about eighty, you know, dare I say, ninety percent Georgia fans that night in Nashville. It was Labor Day weekend, and uh, I feel like uh, SEC fans are almost treating Vanderbilt games almost like a, a, a bowl game. You know, I mean, Nashville's just become such a great destination city. It's growing like a weed. Uh, the restaurants and the bar scene uh, is just great. There's so much to do, so many cool places to party. Um, and so, you know, why not make a weekend out of it? Come to Nashville and check things out. And so, yeah, I would expect a huge contingent of LSU fans in Nashville this weekend. Um, you know, I know folks were disappointed at the 11 a.m. kickoff, but I don't understand why LSU fans can't stay up all night long Friday night and just go to the game Saturday morning and then crash Saturday afternoon. That sounds like a plan to me. 
Uh, I, I believe, believe me, I'm sure there will be some that, that try that route on my, my end of things. I'm pretty happy with the 11 a.m. start, get that game out of the way, and then uh, return to Broadway, uh, where we'll be, I'm sure, Friday night uh, at some point. Looking forward to uh, getting up to Nashville for that one. But let's look at the on-the-field matchup. Van- Vanderbilt coming off an open week. They're coming off a, a loss to Purdue, 42-24, though. What did you feel like were, were some of the things that, that Vandy really focused on uh, during the open week as, as they prepare for really uh, their second top four matchup uh, or, or second top four team to, to come to Nashville in the last three games? Yeah, you know, I think Vanderbilt was was really disappointed in the Purdue loss. You know, I, I think they understood the Georgia game was what it was. I mean, you're playing, you know, a top three team and, and you, you kind of got some injuries on the offensive line. You're breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, you lose 30-6, to six, which isn't great, but it, it wasn't terrible. You know, they went up to Purdue a little bit more confident and, and played pretty well, honestly. I mean, it was a 14-10 to game, to game at halftime, and they let things get away in the second half. And a lot of that had to do with 13 penalties, a costly interception in the second half. They got away from the run game, and uh, they really felt like they beat themselves, not to take anything away from Purdue because, you know, they had a great game plan and, and Rondell Moore is, is a stud at receiver for Purdue. Uh, but I think Derek Mason and company really felt, you know, hey, uh, that's too many penalties. That's too many mistakes. Uh, that, that's too many mental miscues. And, and we let that one get away. So they took the bye week to, you know, as a lot of teams do, to quote unquote focus on themselves. Uh, but they had to, you know, they had to figure out a way to get those penalties uh, corralled, which is which is really weird for a Vanderbilt football team to be penalized that much. Um, they had to figure out, you know, who was going to play consistently in the secondary. Uh, they had to have, figure out which wide receivers are going to be in the in the two deep rotation moving forward. And, and so I, I think they understand that they can play a lot better football and they're a lot better football team than they showed at Purdue. Uh, and so I think they go into this week. Uh, confident, not to say that they, you know, think they're going to come out and knock off, you know, the number four team in the country, but I think they feel confident that they're going to play much better than they showed the first two weeks of the year. Yeah, and and I think, I mean, after kind of two tough losses and and physical ones at that, I mean, it's good to get a get an open week and and do all that. Um, LSU hasn't run the ball particularly well this year. Uh, Georgia ran the ball really well against Vanderbilt. Um, and like you said, Purdue went, went with the Rondell Moore, uh, you know, uh, attack. Uh, what, what, what do you think is kind of the, the, the way that teams are going about, uh, I guess, attacking this Vanderbilt defense? And, and what, do you, what are you expecting um, from LSU's offense, which has been you know, really potent this year? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, Georgia, I believe, was averaging about eight, seven, eight yards a carry in that game. And in the second half, they went away from the run. And, and I don't know if, if they were just trying to work on some things, if they were confident in their defense that they could sort of, you know, try some pass plays and try to get Jake Fromm into a rhythm. It was, you know, I think there was one series where Georgia drove to the red zone with the run game and then called three straight passes and settled for a field goal and, and had me scratching my head. Purdue, they're not a running football team. I mean, they, they live and die by the pass. Jeff Brom, as we all know, is an offensive mastermind, and and they just don't have the offensive line or the running backs to run the football. So that being said, I'm I'm not really sure where Vanderbilt's run defense is is at right now. I mean, they, you know, they moved to more of a four three scheme this year, but I, you know, they don't do that consistently. They're still using a lot of three down linemen. Their linebackers are really young. 
You know, so I think the opportunity for LSU to run the football is going to be there unless Vanderbilt has made some major adjustments and, and, and made some, you know, huge changes personnel-wise to the, the front seven defensively. Um, you know, I think they have to show up and prove that they can stop the run because Georgia did it with ease. And like I said, Purdue is not a running football team. So uh, if LSU has an opportunity to run the ball consistently Saturday, I think it'll be there unless Vanderbilt has, has found something during the bye week that proves to them that they can stop the run. So um, now all that being said, obviously Joe Burrow has played amazing and he's got some incredible wide receivers to work with. And Vanderbilt's defensive secondary was supposed to be the strength of this team with, with a bunch of underclassmen and really too deep at every position. So, um, you know, those guys have to step up as well. It's a defense that we expected to be a lot better this, this year in 2019, uh, but it really hasn't stepped up to the plate so far. You mentioned the run game potentially being there for, for LSU if they want it. But on Vanderbilt's side of things, Keyshawn Vaughn, really, really talented running back. I mean, not off to an incredible start this season, but Ed Ogeron had a lot of praise for him. Uh, certainly you know, called him an NFL type back. I mean, what, what is Keyshawn Vaughn and, and how, do, how can the, the Commodores get him going? Yeah, that's that's the big key, really, not only to this game, but the entire season for Vanderbilt. You know, I really like what, what Georgia get, did in the opener. Um, you know, uh, quarterback Riley Neal started the Georgia game 11-13, and Georgia came out of the locker room in the second half and said, all right, we're going to stack the box and we're going to stop the run and try to make Riley Neal beat us, and, and he couldn't. He only had three more completions in the second half. Uh, and Purdue really did the same thing. They They cracked down on the run. And Riley Neal played much better, but Keyshawn Vaughn really couldn't find a whole lot of yards. And, you know, Derek Mason has said he wants to get Keyshawn Vaughn 20 to 25 touches a game, whether that's carries, uh, whether that's kick returns, whether that's catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he's just such a dynamic player, and he really worked in the offseason on his durability and his strength and his endurance because a lot of times last year as a junior – you know, he'd get nicked, uh, he'd get less than 10 carries, he wouldn't play the entire game, and, and that was kind of a knock on him, and I, I think he heard that chatter through the offseason, and he really made a concerted effort to be more of a physical uh, back who can endure a lot more hits, and I think he knows his NFL future kind of rides on on that part of his game, um, so he's come in focused, I mean, every time he's touched the ball, he's looked great, uh, the problem is he hasn't had a lot of holes. Uh, his left tackle and his left guard didn't start the season. Sage Young at left guard came back last week against Purdue, and we expect to see left tackle Devin Cochran start against LSU. So that might help as well. It's it's not all on Keyshawn Vaughn. His offensive line hasn't been completely healthy, but those guys got to step up and give him some holes because you have one of the best running backs in the Southeastern Conference, and Vanderbilt needs to be riding his legs each and every game to, to try to find a way to win a football game. And you, you mentioned Riley Neal's hot start to the Georgia game. Uh, how does he get back to that? I mean, what did Georgia really change? I know you mentioned them stacking the box, but um, what did they do specifically that got him out of rhythm? And, and what, how's he been, I guess, since then? Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, they clamped down on on Kalaja Lipscomb and Jared Pinckney. Uh, for those who don't know, Kalaja Lipscomb, a New Orleans guy who's a, a NFL caliber wide receiver, and, and Jared Pinckney, a redshirt senior from Georgia, also projected by most to be a first round pick uh, at tight end for Vanderbilt. And um, you know, Kalaja Lipscomb had a great game against Purdue, but Jared Jared Pinckney's still kind of been MIA, and so I, I think you can obviously see there's been an adjustment there for Riley Neal. I don't. 
you know, he's played three years at Ball State. You, you kind of shrug at Ball State, but he's played some big games. I mean, he's played Notre Dame before. He's played some, you know, Power 5, Big Ten opponents. So there, there's nothing he hasn't seen. Uh, but I, I think what's been different from him, for him is to be able to adjust to going through his we, reads uh, a little quicker than he has in the past, understanding that he's going against secondaries in Georgia and LSU and throughout the SEC of, of that are littered with NFL talent. And he's got to fit the ball in tinier windows. Uh, he's got to go through his progressions a lot quicker. Uh, and so I think he took the bye week to kind of understand that and reassess. I really think he played well in the Purdue game. He had, he had a bad interception, like I said, in the second half. But he looked more comfortable. He looked way more rhythmic. Uh, and now it's just a, a matter of getting the ball to more playmakers, getting the ball to Jared Pinckney. Uh, understanding, you know, where the coverages are and, and kind of taking advantage of the holes in the defense. If he can do that, you know, I think Vanderbilt will be okay. But uh, it, it's not an easy task going to go up against that LSU secondary, which I'm sure, you know, Dave Aranda will throw a, a whole bunch of things at Riley Neal to try to make him uncomfortable. And LSU will be a little shorthanded on the defensive line. So the, with the Vanderbilt, with Vanderbilt getting some offensive linemen back and LSU nicked up on the defensive line, we'll kind of have to watch that matchup to see if they can get pressure on Neal. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, be able to kind of contain Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, for you, I mean, any, what are some of the keys to the game for, for Vanderbilt? I mean, if they're, if they're going to keep this competitive, stay in this one, how did they do it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, um, you know, the best quote I heard from Derek Mason this week was, you know, if LSU just shows up, they have a great chance of, of winning the game. And, and he related that to Vanderbilt's point of view. They can't do any more of these silly penalties. You know, can't turn the ball over can't miss opportunities when they're there in terms of, you know, deep passes or on the defensive side, you know, they had a couple balls picked off against Purdue that were either called back from penalties or they, they played wrong and ended up going for touchdowns. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, Vanderbilt almost has to play, you know, that, that close to perfect game. I, you know, I think they, um, you know, they, they kind of have a multiple spread look offensively, but I'd kind of like to see them go the other way and maybe grind the ball out a little bit, eat some, eat some clock up. Um, and then I think, you know, they have to, you know, play lockdown in that secondary. I mean, they, again, I really think they have some talent back there. It's not, um, you know, world beater talent, but there's enough guys there in a veteran role who, who can play the ball and can play well in the secondary. Um, and then, they have to get pressure on Joe Burrow. Vanderbilt's the only team in the country, granted they have only played two games, but they don't have a sack yet. Uh, they got to bring Joe Burrow down. They got to get in his face. They got to disrupt him, make him scramble and leave the pocket. Something to get him off of his rhythm. You know, maybe 11 a.m. kickoff, uh, the Tigers are a little sleepy. Maybe Joe Burrow comes back down to earth a little bit in his completion percentage. You know, I think that's where the hope hope lies in Vanderbilt, that something clicked in the, in the bye week and they play really at a, a much higher level than they've shown in the first two games. If they can do that, you know, maybe third quarter, fourth quarter, uh, the, moment, the momentum starts to shift and, and they'll be in it uh, toward the end of the game. But if we see some of these silly penalties and some turnovers and uh, the inability to run the ball, it, it could be uh, it could get late early, as they say, Saturday on the West End. Well, I'm sure some LSU fans will appreciate maybe being able to, like I said, uh, hit, hit Broadway early. Uh, no score prediction needed from you unless you want to, but how, how do you see this one playing out? You know, I just, uh, LSU's favored by what, 23, 23 and a half, 24. I, I find it difficult that Vanderbilt will be able to keep it, keep it 
within that margin. Uh, you know, I, I see a 30, 35 point game and it's really not so much a slide at Vanderbilt as it is a nod to LSU and the way they're playing right now. And um, I, I still believe Vanderbilt has a chance to be a good football team and possibly make a bowl game this year. Uh, but they haven't shown me enough in, in the first two games to make me believe that they're going to come out uh, firing on all cylinders and, and world beaters and keep this thing close. Maybe they got some tricks up their sleeve. Maybe they got some pri- some surprises. Maybe they've corrected a ton during that bye week. Uh, but until they prove that, it, it, it's hard for me to go against LSU. So I see, you know, a, a 42 to 10 type of game, 45, 17, somewhere along those lines uh, that, that that will allow LSU to get out of there for now. Sounds good, Chad. We appreciate you jumping on with us on the Go 24-7 podcast. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Uh, Will we see you there? Oh, yeah. I'll be there. And if anybody needs uh, restaurant recommendations, bar recommendations, hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Chad Bishop. Uh, Big big Nashville guy. I've been living here for a little bit, so I, I can help you out on that end. Awesome. Well, appreciate it. I'll be hitting you up. Love Nashville. Looking forward to getting up there. Um, we'll see you on Saturday. See you uh, maybe on Broadway. But with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. We appreciate all you guys listening out there. Leave us a rating. Leave us leave us a review and hit that subscribe button. Uh, and if you're in Nashville this weekend, let us know. We'd love to meet uh, some Tiger fans out there as LSU takes on Vanderbilt at 11 a.m. Central, noontime in Nashville on the SEC Network. So hope everyone has a great weekend and uh, have a good one.